Welcome everybody to the second episode of the Boltcast podcast here, uh, CSG slash Verizon channel podcast where we discuss uh, all the goings on inside of our selling channels and we talk about how we partner together and uh, bring on Verizon guests, CSG guests and just have a, a good old time talking about how we can move business. Uh, with me, as always, is the, my co-host, our COO at CSG, James Muncie. Good afternoon, James. How are you? Mike, I'm well, thank goodness. How are you doing? We are hanging in there. Uh, obviously, amidst the middle of everything uh, COVID-19, um, CSG is still open and operational. Um, I'm going to have James dive into exactly kind of how we've maintained uh, amidst all of this and how we've um, actually you know, processed a massively higher order volume than we typically have. And we'll kind of dive into COVID-19 from the CSG side. Also with us today and in the studio is our CTO, uh, who's been very uh, intricately involved in a lot of the uh, connectivity deployments uh, for COVID-19 response around the country. John Wiseman is with us. John, how you doing, sir? Mike James, uh, thanks for having me on this week. Looking forward to uh, talking about everything going on at CSG as it relates to COVID. Well, let's dive right into it. Yeah, so, boy, it's been a wild month uh, here at CSG. You know, almost overnight, this whole thing came out. In fact, John and I were in Phoenix on a business trip when kind of everything blew up and uh, we flew back early um, because overnight we really saw uh, the country dive into this. It was coming on, of course, for months, but then... Uh, in mid-March, uh, it just accelerated at a very rapid pace. And we had here to weigh the fact that we had to take all of our non-essential folks that are non-essential in the sense that they don't have to be here in the building every day and transfer them into a work-from-home environment. But then we needed additional help to handle just this absolute huge influx of orders uh, that we saw almost overnight take place for all of these workers that have to all of a sudden uh, work from home across the country. And the demand for MiFi's and all sorts of work from home bundles uh, just, just blew up. So we've brought in about an extra, gosh, 15 or so people. A lot of them have lost their jobs, and we were able to give them one here, at least on a temporary basis, which is hopefully good for everybody. Uh, so we have to cram all these additional people here and adhere by all of these social distancing uh, rules that we need to, to be in compliance with to keep everybody healthy. And, and knock on wood, so far, uh, we've done that. Uh, but we have seen our order volume, Mike, go up uh, to about 14 times uh, what it would normally be this time of year. And uh, our lead time now is about 7 to 10 days, uh, which really isn't so bad when you consider just the sheer volume of orders that we're processing. Yeah, and a lot of the questions I've I've been getting is how are we maintaining inventory, and uh, it's been it's been super challenging, obviously, um, and we're doing all we can to fill orders as quickly as we can, and and to make sure we have inventory available. It it's so fluid because we do have a special kind of knack or ability to track down secondary level hotspots. Um, myself and and Patrick Davis and uh, Kyle Evans and folks that have been dealing in the secondary market for wireless devices, specifically Verizon wireless devices for, uh, you know, well over 10 years at this point, uh, we've kind of leveraged those networks that have existed for a long time. And if there's wholesalers or resellers or even 
uh, MVNOs that that operate on Verizon Network or uh, other individuals out there that might be sitting on hotspots. We've been beating down those doors and finding them, and, and we're continuing to find them, uh, which is why we're able to to still offer hotspots. Uh, you know, when when a lot of other folks have have cleared all the available inventory that they had, so. We're still working on bringing more in. It's a challenge every day. The logistics have created uh, all kinds of problems and just getting them here. We're receiving them in different conditions than we ever have, meaning typically we get everything, you know, pre pre tested to some level. We test it anyways, but but we know it's it's gone through a process. We know it's been physically cleaned and that the accessories are with it. Now with the landscape we're in we're just getting you know kind of wild shipments on on pallets that have mixed products and we've got to pair everything up and it it's been a logistical nightmare but the bottom line is we're still getting hotspots. um we're able to facilitate healthcare, um telehealth education some of these verticals that are really desperate for them now um and we're going to continue to do so um even as uh we hopefully move closer to being able to open back up in in any state of normalcy, uh, but let's dive a little bit further into it. Um, what are some of the uh, from an operational standpoint? If you can elaborate, maybe on some of the challenges that we that we faced with this influx of orders, besides the obvious ones. Yeah. So besides the obvious ones, uh, the pure space that it requires for us to get this many devices out uh, in in any given day. So we have basically spread tables all through the, the aisleways of our offices where we normally have a little recreation area with a, a ping pong table and stuff inside. All of that is now production. It has taken over our entire building, which we just expanded this building six months ago. And, uh, and, and so it's taken up the whole building. In fact, we've had to lease uh, 53 foot long trailers, like from tractor trailers uh, that we are using to work in. So they're backed up to our bays. We have tables in them. We're working out of those. We are having to store product in those. Um, and we've also had to go to shifts that sometimes we have people in the building here 16 hours a day. Uh, we're working weekends um, just tirelessly uh, to get these things out. I think the one thing, Mike, that or one of the things that we didn't anticipate going into this we're going to be the logistical challenges by the shipping companies. So by UPS and FedEx, um, we're finding out that about between one in 10 and one in 15 orders that we ship out are not being delivered. They're being turned around uh, back to us um, for really no reason. And the same thing is happening for shipments that we're expecting getting turned back around to the vendors. And that's been a level of frustration. I don't think any of us were anticipating. Right. Because we're trying to communicate back to you guys uh, when we're having hotspots available and it's 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 just physically impossible when you have POs out hundreds to thousands that are coming in from different areas around the country. You know, a hundred could be coming from New Jersey, a thousand from California. And when our sales guys are asking what we have available, we somehow have to rectify exactly what's on a purchase order and coming in against what's going out every day. And it's just not perfectly real time. It's just it, it it's too much going in and out at the same time to to have that. So we have to kind of pre-sell to some degree what's yep. coming in right. right you know so and and then if that shipment that's coming in gets delayed you know then um we're we're a little bit behind on our timelines and your customers are impacted um you know people are, are high stress yep. high anxiety right now they need these devices whether they're healthcare or not or if it's just a small business trying to stay up and stay active they need these devices so i know they're putting the pressure on you um, so, you know, you guys are in turn are, are understandably putting some pressure on us and, 
and we get it. We're doing everything we can to go through them as quickly as possible. Um, we've just recently effectively put a freeze in for a couple days on new orders, and it's due to some of these some of these logistic issues with hotspots that we know are incoming, uh, but we just aren't a thousand percent clear when they're going to be here. So we're trying to be very cautious about delivery time. So I kind of just want to reiterate again that that they are coming um, and that we will open that up again to new orders sooner rather than later. But we want to make sure that the orders that are in here now are facilitated and taken care of because we want to make sure that we're not uh, failing the expectations of those customers. Well, exactly right. And and that freeze, by the way, is only concerning MiFi devices. Um, right, right. We still have one thing that really you and I have talked a lot about, Mike, that has been undersold in this uh, just because everybody's go-to are the MiFi's are USB modems. Um, now, these are things that a lot of people sort of have considered dinosaurs. Uh, obviously, they don't sell nearly as much as they used to. But in this crisis with people having to work from home who are looking for a piece of hardware that's readily available, uh, that solves the problem, that is LTE, uh, and will get them lit up on, on that LTE signal uh, quickly and for a very low price point, um, the USB modems are a great option. Yep, especially if you're just, uh, you know, if you're just attaching one device, uh, which most people working from home are, um, then that that becomes a great uh, option, and we have a lot available. Um, so there's also some routers I'll mention, some like router modem combos that have have really dropped in price uh, because some of these lesser known manufacturers want to kind of take advantage of the fact that uh, they can get their name out there and really kind of cut the price down. Um, we've got one from a manufacturer called. Teltonica, we've got one from Connected IO, um, we've got some options from Insego, who you're probably familiar with, that are all really kind of slashing prices on some basic uh, Cat4 modems or routers. Uh, so if you're hearing this and you're trying to look for some alternatives while we have this freeze going on, make sure to ask your CSG rep about those um, opportunities. So that's a good transition into everything we've got going on in our deployables department. And if you're unfamiliar with our mobile command center line of products, a couple years ago, about two years ago, really, right right around this time, we started developing products that um, were mobile connectivity kits, essentially a router, um, one-talk connectivity, uh, switch, battery, um, all in a self-contained unit that you can take with you in vehicle, travel with, even in the plane, um, anywhere that you need to go uh, to have emergency connectivity uh, when you don't have Wi-Fi or any other connectivity available. Uh, if you follow us at all on social media and stuff, you've seen plenty on this on this product line. It kind of took off uh, a lot more than we were ever expecting, which has been tremendous because we did put a lot of work into it. And, and we really, the entire purpose behind doing it is we thought we could create a solution that was effective and a lot more affordable than other solutions that are out there in the market. And we really have focused on disaster response, emergency response as a, a, a legitimate business segment of CSG. And we have for some time. So, you know, we felt somewhat prepared for this and we felt like we had some pretty unique solutions to offer the Verizon market for for this type of situation. Patent pending, as a matter of fact. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, John Wiseman, who's with us, um, the, you know, talk a little bit about the influx that you've seen in orders, um, 
who's who's buying them, um, what verticals, what are the use cases, uh, and kind of how your department has handled the uptick in orders. And, um, you know, if you can kind of talk a little bit about the MCC Brute as well, um, which is the newest of that product line. Um, so kind of just give us an overview of that department since COVID-19. Sure. So the best way to probably start is maybe to set a baseline on what uh, we typically see as far as use cases and customers that are ordering uh, the equipment from us uh, that come out of the deployables department. So a lot of times these are ordered by first responders, uh, police, fire, um, also people that work in the field in rugged environments who might be doing repair work, uh, utilities, um, industries such as oil and gas. And then we also see a, a good percentage that goes towards business continuity, just a standby kit in case there's an interruption in, in any of the core infrastructure of a facility, such as uh, power, communications, a phone system. Um, but during COVID, of course, we've seen a massive swing in all that volume over to healthcare for obvious reasons. So is there anything that, that you can share very specific to COVID response, like what they're utilizing the, hot, the, the mobile command centers to do? Sure. So um, everyone's probably familiar from the news, uh, th th being aware that there are uh, COVID clinics that are popping up uh, either in literal tents, uh, taking over unused uh, uh, square footage, being turned into clinics and, and treatment centers, isolation areas, and also for testing centers. Um, the deployables have been deployed into that uh, use case quite a bit uh, to stand up connectivity at these uh, rapidly deployed and, and, and temporary uh, locations where uh, the front lines of the, the COVID battle are happening. From a production perspective, I guess, break down what's the, between MCC, the standard, the mini, um, the healthcare unit, I don't, I don't know, frankly, I don't even know if we've sold any of those or, um, you know, even the brute, the, the new model, like, are there certain segments that are using certain MCCs? Um, is there one that you're seeing a spike due to the COVID-19 or how's that kind of playing out? Sure. So I couldn't identify a single spike. They, they've all kind of spiked evenly across the board. So uh, a quick recap of maybe um, of the hardware uh, might be, help me paint the picture better. So the products kind of fall into uh, two main categories. There are data-only deployables, and then there are, are solutions that are closer to an office in a box that incorporate a work surface and uh, VoIP phones, specifically the Verizon OneTalk uh, phones. So the data-only connectivities would include the Mini and also our new Brute, and that is to stand up uh, rapidly deployable internet back all over LTE uh, to support a person or an entire team. And they're expandable um, to uh, deliver Wi-Fi connectivity as well as Ethernet uh, to a, a, a large uh, area. Uh, the mobile command center, which is the original flagship product, it's the product that includes a work surface and also the phone system. And that could be uh, two OneTalk phones, four OneTalk phones, one OneTalk phone, uh, expandable through the integrated switch to even more uh, additional phone sets. If you are, for instance, trying to set up a small uh, conference room into a communication center and... Uh, We've seen those deployed in those ways, uh, along with a lot of custom solutions we've integrated, uh, kind of repurposed uh, solutions developed from the past, but then also we've rapidly prototyped and deployed some, some solutions that uh, were 
uh, rapidly developed uh, around specifically uh, COVID use cases and the challenges that teams in the field were bringing to us to solve. So 172 units that we've deployed for, for COVID-19 response, which we're really proud of. Look, this is a product that we engineered on our own. Um, obviously, it's kind of a, you know, just forming multiple products and putting them together. But uh, to, to, to make the, to engineer everything to fit in the box the way that it does, to have the foldouts that fold into the box for the MCC Mini to fit the way that it does in, in a lunch, lunchbox-sized enclosure at the brute for the you know kind of sheer you know magnitude of the network that you can uh, produce in that box uh, with the antenna um, just in general you know it's it's been pretty humbling for us uh, to see those out in these conditions and pictures of our mobile command centers you know in tents that are set in parking lots of hospitals testing COVID-19 patients you know um it's yeah, it was it was a use case really that none of us ever of course would have thought of you know the mccs were largely developed for disasters you know in our mind it was things like hurricanes tornadoes right. earthquakes um backup for hospitals you know in case their their data networks went down as a, as a failover it, it was never for something like this and to see such a quick pivot it's a natural fit for all of these disasters uh, for all these disaster area uh, that have been impacted, but the hospital systems using them, the state level departments of emergency management, uh, John, we've seen mm -hmm. a lot of those uh, buying this as well um, to cover state level emergency management uh, offices. Yeah, exactly. So uh, the qualities of the deployable products really lend themselves uh, well to, to those use cases, being that they are rugged, they're rapidly deployed. Uh, you do not need a technician to deploy them. Uh, they are all uh, uh, set up and, and up and running just a few minutes that uh, anyone, regardless of their technical ability, can, can do that. Uh, and you can be up and running very quickly in an outdoor environment, in a, a back of a vehicle, under a tent, uh, and, and go where uh, off-the-shelf uh, products, even the products that are integrated into the kit, can't normally go. Yeah, it's been it's been remarkable, and, and we don't need to... Uh, you know, spend a ton of time on this, but in, in general, the organization, you know, I think we're over 3,300 individual Verizon businesses that we have sent connectivity devices to, and that's mobile command center products, that's hotspots and MiFi's and USBs, that's full home healthcare bundles that include switches and uh, more enterprise-grade routers, uh, antennas and and things like that for rural environments, um, signal amplifiers, uh, just a a for a, a company of our size to essentially provide equipment for that many individual institutions over a 35 day period. I'm not sure is something I would have ever expected that we'd have the capability of doing. Uh, nor is it something that I think I'll forget as we continue. Um, to move forward. No, and it's and it was certainly wasn't something when this whole thing started that we were expecting. In fact, the three of us were in meetings together in February where we were talking, you know, in a hypothetical situation where this gets worse, what does this mean for CSG? Maybe it means our business is going to go way down. You know, we never anticipated this outcome and we would have never wished for it, of course. Um, and I hope phase two, Mike, is going to be, and we're starting to see this now, people who have rapidly deployed these out into their organizations and their schools and their government uh, segments needing MDM 
uh, implemented now to be sure that that these things are secure uh, to their standards. Um, adding one talk lines uh, for the people to use at home. Uh, and, and our MDM teams and our OneTalk teams are starting to see those deployments come through as well. I think one more thing I'd like to add, um, it kind of speaks to the ingenuity that CSG brings to the solutions, is we've been working for a while and even built some uh, prototype models that we sent out into healthcare use cases where uh, the mobile command centers featured an antimicrobial finish. Uh, we were slowly working towards integrating that in as a, as a standard feature or option into our product line. Um, COVID has kind of uh, had us recircle back around to that idea and, and put a lot more effort into sourcing the components needed to, to make that happen. And it's, I'm happy to say that we are able to uh, source enough of the material uh, and get the cost down and strategically just do the things needed to integrate it into the solution. So going forward, uh, our next replenishment order of cases, uh, it will be a standard feature and it won't affect the price point at all. That's awesome. Yeah, that sounds great. So we've got some tremendous guests to get to as well in this. Obviously, guys, um, you know, we don't do this on our own. Uh, you, you guys have been driving the leads to us as well, uh, relying on us uh, to provide. And um, we really appreciate Verizon for believing in us, um, you know, being patient with us uh, through a lot of these challenges to deliver a lot of this product and uh, we really look forward to working with you on maintaining these connections, you know, making them stick, uh, working with what's going to be the new normal. Um, a lot of these organizations pivoting a lot more to work from home, um, relying a lot more on, on Zoom and um, video. Blue Jeans is probably the one I should reference on this <laughs> podcast. Right. Um, and, you know, making these go from a disaster um, response to a a actual uh, functioning part of these businesses. So uh, we look forward to tackling that with you. And uh, with that being said, uh, I've got a great guest um, coming on. Yeah, really excited uh, from the West Coast. Yep, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the COVID response out there out West. All right, guys, our first guest today is an individual that I've uh, gotten to know over the years, uh, a lot over the phone and via email, and and over this past summer, finally had an opportunity to to go out there and, and spend some time with him face to face, and it was it was during some um, QBR type reviews with his teams. Uh, he had a lot of individuals on site and was basically running through a lot of the uh, synopsis of the quarter that just passed and what the goals were moving forward. And I took a lot from his message to his people. Uh, you could tell that his people were extremely engaged. And as we continue to bring guests on this podcast, this is only episode two. Uh, episode one, obviously, we had Andy Brady, who is an extremely enigmatic leader type personality that's kind of stood out to me uh, over the years. This individual is, is another guy that um, very quickly uh, gained a lot of my respect just due to how he treated his people how his people responded to him. Uh, and I took a lot of uh, pleasure in, in sitting in the back of the room and taking in a lot of his uh, insights and leadership skills. So uh, joining us is the Director of Small Business Sales for the Pacific Territory, uh, Zach Powell is with us. Mr. Powell, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great out here. Thanks for having me on your uh, your podcast this morning. 
Absolutely. We appreciate it very much. So uh, when we were together, I told you I was going to get you on this on this podcast. And I, I was not at that time uh, expecting it to be under these circumstances. So um, before we dive into, you know, everything COVID-19 and how we're responding to this as a as a team with uh, Verizon and CSG and everything that's going on in the business side of it. Uh, tell me a little bit for, for me out here on the East Coast and we're experiencing it, experiencing it kind of in our own way. Um, what's it been like out there? Uh, what's the vibe? How are the spirits of the people? What's it like when you venture out and into public and just in general, what's, uh, what's the vibe out there? Yeah, it's kind of a mixed bag. I mean, we were first to get hit with this up in the uh, Northwest. Um, and then here in California, Governor Newsom has done really, you know, a pretty good job of uh, putting shelter in places in, in order before the rest of the country and, and creating those social distance standards and stuff like that, that he's followed recommendations from, I think, the CDC and uh, the World Health Org. So we, we actually are starting to see a decline out here as far as like how the cases are doubling and things like that, which is, uh, which is really, really um, encouraging. Um, the team spirits are, are high. Um, everybody has lots of work to do um, now more than ever. Um, businesses and customers need um, us and our competitors um, staying connected. You know, I think we've all taken that for granted or taken advantage of it to some extent, you know, so now things like doing uh, Zoom or FaceTime or Blue Jeans meetings with your families uh, is something I never did before, but now I'm doing, um, you know, so there's, there's been some really positive things that have come with this, obviously some really terrible things. Um, but, you know, we're finding the silver linings out here and, and, and managing uh, the situation as best we can. So let's talk about how a couple things. First of all, your, your team in general and how they're responding to the work from home um, environment. You touched on it kind of there, but um, it's, you know, in, in, in SMB, you know, that's typically a lot of boots on the ground out there, you know, shaking hands and, and uh, doing a lot of face to face and being real aggressive now uh you know everybody's got to figure out a way to be effective from home how has the feedback from your team been um with this whole new kind of selling style that they're having to adopt has there been um a lot of you know kickback is it something that people are are seeing as um you know easier harder than they thought yeah, I don't know if it's harder or easier. It's an adjustment, right? Um, it's not something we're used to. We're used to selling in person. We're used to, you know, being able to go out and put prospects. And we're used to selling more aggressively than we do. And our aggression has turned more to, to help and compassion than, you know, closing a deal, right? So part of my message to my team is um, don't worry about if you're getting objections and all these other things, right? If you can't overcome them or they're legitimate objections, we have a couple different angles that we can do that we can still help a business when we're not selling them anything, but it's more about just trying to get in front of a customer, have a good conversation with them, figure out where they're at with their business and then figure out how we can insert ourselves. Right. Some of it is work from home strategy that we can, we can sell. And, and that's a big part. And that's obviously important to the company, but then we have these two other tracks that are not natural for salespeople to go down, but that I am uh, extremely proud, proud to work for a company like Verizon and I think it's more important for us to make more calls to get in front of more customers now because we have these two other paths outside of just trying to help keep their business operational, which is highly critical right now in your missed time. 
Uh, but the two other tracks, we have this thing called Pay It Forward Live, which every Tuesday is a online gaming, so you can watch people game live. And then on Thursday, we have um, a concert series. Last night was Luke Bryan that I listened to the week before Alicia Keys was on. Uh, and that is every time you tweet, Verizon donates $10 up to $2.5 million to go towards small businesses. So sometimes our business owners need, might need funding or grants or that type of thing. So if they're not, if they can't do work from home or virtual strategies that we can sell them, then we can at least push them to pay it forward live to try to get some grants. The last thing we, we're doing is this webinar series that uh, we're pulling in outside experts, industry leading experts in the financial industries and entrepreneurship, those types of things to help business owners make decisions in these times of crisis, right? So not, again, not a sales tactic for us, but more getting in front of our existing customers and our prospects to say, hey, if you're trying to figure stuff out, whether it's virtualizing your operation, whether it's funding, or whether it's how to navigate the situation that we're all in, we have those three tracks to do. So it's more about retooling our sales force to be a little bit more compassionate and understanding uh, and figure out which path the customers need to go in and then getting them the appropriate information. So what are you seeing from the customers outside of hotspots maybe or just the, you know, the super obvious work from home type scenarios, uh, which, you know, what directions are you going on those type of setups? Uh, do you have some go-tos that are, uh, you guys are, are offering and, and selling a lot of, are there other things popping up that you weren't expecting with this that customers are, are, are expecting or demanding or needing just from a sales perspective, what has really been the, the main driver during this whole response? Uh, that has kept you guys moving and, and as busy as you are? Yeah, I mean, the two, the two biggest things right now are, are mobile internet and OneTalk, you know, voice over IP, because you can, you know, virtualize your, your network or your, your phone system um, and have people all over the place and still have it on the same system. So those are the two, um, you know, really big ones right now. Obviously, the mobile internet being um, the biggest across, you know, every vertical, including uh, government healthcare. The other thing that's an interesting one, at least to me, that um, some businesses are taking advantage of is something called Yahoo Local Works, and that um, that allows you to manage your online presence from a single platform. So think about like the big ones like Yahoo, Google, Bing, Yelp, Foursquare, but then you got these other ones like city pages and um, uh, city space and all these other little uh, sites or feel little, but get a substantial amount of traffic that allows customers like a coffee shop or a restaurant to say, hey, we're still open, but it's takeout only. Uh, and that pushes out to every single one of the directories. So when a small business owner is trying to figure out how to make sure they're capturing all the online traffic, that's one that they can do uh, quickly and make sure that everything that's happening on the internet is at least getting the correct information from them uh, to everyone. So those are kind of the, the, the biggest ones there. And then customers are just, you know, there's, there's a range of emotions right now with customers um, from, you know, fear to uh, some businesses are thriving right now. You know, people are just trying to figure it out. So again, you, you really have to, to figure out where those customers are within their journey in the situation and then try to help them along. Cause uh, when we first started calling, you know, the first week, everyone thought this was going to go away after the week, a week or two. And it took a little while for people to settle into like this, this is going to be some version of the new normal. 
Um, and, and so then once they have that realization, there's early adopters. Now there's like the masses are coming along and then we have some, some late adopters that we're talking to as well. So we're trying to figure out, are they early adopter? Are they ready to go? Are they going to push back? And if they're going to push back too hard, we're going to kind of let them figure it out or let them get to a place where they want to reach back out to us and give them all of our information. But we're really going to go find those early adopters or those folks that are ready to, to make some decisions on changing the way they operate their business to stay afloat. And then we'll insert ourselves and help them figure that out with them. Yeah. So that's one of the questions that we've been kicking around internally here and even talk to some of leadership about is how do we get all of this to stick, right? As, as wireless sales professionals, um, how do we make sure that once things begin to come back to normal, um, that, you know, these, these customers take this, these solutions that we've provided them and make it a more permanent solution so that they are prepared for anything like this or anything that disrupts their day-to-day -day capabilities to go into the office and, and do business. So, um, you know, it's an interesting strategy. It's an interesting thing to, to try to um, come together with individuals to, to form a plan on because there's, there's kind of a couple ways to attack it. Um, Zach, from your perspective, what is the best way to potentially get these solutions to, to stick and to be a long-term solution for these customers? Yeah, well, I think, I think we're going to have to accept the reality that some of it's not going to stick, right? Some of this is going to be temporary and, and that's okay. Uh, that's part of what we do. Um, and then the other thing that we're going to have to see when we get out of this, when it, whatever that means is um, you know, how much of this goes back to what we were used to, uh, you know, call it five or six weeks ago. And I think that we're going to have to have some changes as a, uh, a society. This is, you know, just me speaking. This isn't um, a belief of the company uh, or not an endorsed belief of the company. But I do believe there's going to have to be some changes to how we operate and do business that a lot of this stuff will stick or that it will be more common for things like sales meetings for my team that um, a virtual sales meeting is much more acceptable and common than having to be face-to-face -face, uh, and things like that. So I, I think it's gonna depend, the more that our salespeople can have those conversations and be at the front end of them um, now and even in the next couple months as this thing continues to unfold and happen, but help businesses make those decisions, help them understand what virtualization means, how to secure that environment, um, why uh, deploying mobile assets is sometimes more cost effective. Like I think that um, a lot of what we face in small businesses, a lot of these businesses were doing um, their process since they started and they've had very little deviation in the process. And this is a moment in time where that whole thing is getting disrupted and, and I believe it's opening up space for us to at least have conversations with people that weren't open to it before to say, hey, maybe there are some better ways to do it. Maybe it does make sense to automate some of these processes. Maybe it does make sense to let my, more of my employees work virtually and not, not be um, you know, physically on top of each other in an office space. And, and that could even open up some room for uh, businesses to not need as large of um, you know, office buildings or, or things like that too. So this whole thing to me is a moment in time where all of us have uh, our, our lives basically turned upside down and we're allowed to uh, and given a lot of time to self-reflect and reflect on what we've been doing and saying, hey, maybe this doesn't make sense or hey, maybe there was a better way that we just didn't 
want to entertain because we are so stuck in our grind. But now that we all have time to to think through it, um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna make those changes. But it's gonna require us, all of us collectively, um, as sales professionals, to be with our customers, having those conversations, and making sure that we just don't go back to everything being the way that it was. Because I, you know, I think we would all agree. Um, anything that we were doing in our businesses, myself included, our process always could use improvement. And if we all come out of this going back to exactly the same spot that we started off at, I think we've kind of missed a, a huge opportunity um, to, to be better as, a, as business, as people, as society, all that fun stuff. That's amazingly well stated. Um, I could not agree more. I think that, uh, you know, to, to not respond to this, um, it, with, with a very, very big picture view on, you know, what transpired and uh, how it can change our day-to-day -day activities uh, to just be wiser as a society, as a group, as a whole, uh, would be a, would be a, a massive disservice. Um, so let me ask you one completely random uh, question. Are the, are the pictures from the West Coast real that show such a massive uh, decrease and and just kind of the air quality or uh, increase in the air quality and the and the um, just the smog and the um, you know I don't know how close to LA you are uh, often but is it is it really with the lack of activity and people on the roads is it as clear as some of these images uh, we're seeing indicate or is that some you know Photoshop and uh, other ways to kind of fluff it up? Well, for I, I know that you know I I grew up on the East Coast, right? So my vision of LA was was very different than when I got out here. So I'm about 30 minutes um, south of LA. It, it's definitely clearer at times, but it's a very that's a very difficult. Uh, I don't know. I'm not a I'm not you know the smartest person on the planet, nor do I understand weather and patterns and and uh, uh, smog patterns and that that type of fun stuff, but. Um, you know, we have a marine layer out here that gets pretty gnarly at times, so that that makes it not look as clear um, as usual. So some days we have a little bit of marine layer, some days you can see out to like Catalina or over the mountains, but you can see that even, you know, uh, a couple months ago. I've seen those images too online, like things like the Himalayans are, are, uh, are easier to see now from different parts of India and stuff like that. So it sounds like that's happening, but I, I don't, I, I don't have the uh, background to comment on that fully. So Mr. Powell cannot confirm or deny those, those rumors, but that's, uh, that's okay. Uh, so we're not allowed outside either, Mike. So I got to sit inside. So I can't really look out too, too much here. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so before I let you go, and, and by the way, I mean, the, that is, that was incredible. Uh, the, the responses were, were just, were, were perfect. And, you know, I think um, a very good indication of why you're in the leader leadership position that you are, uh, to that end, talk to me about your leadership style a little bit. I got to witness it over a couple of days uh, firsthand. Um, it, it seemed like you really had a tremendous, uh, uh, you know, empathetic leadership type of approach while also having uh, a lot of respect from your colleagues. Uh, what, what would you describe your leadership style as? And were there really any influences that uh, kind of brought you to that point or is it something that um, you know you kind of just uh, uh, honed in on you know as you advanced in your career 
Yeah, so I think my leadership style is probably a little unorthodox or different. I'm uh, kind of a goofy guy. Um, I like to joke around a lot. I like to play around a lot. I, I think our jobs are highly stressful. Um, you know, being on commissions for folks that are not on commissions, they, they'll just never understand that. Um, so I try to make it an environment where people are comfortable. They're, they're um, you know, that, that they're okay to be playful and um, and have alternative outlets to de-stress other than like just being grinded out of the business, which a lot of sales organizations do. And I, I just don't believe that that's the way to get the most out of your people is to, to grind them out. But uh, we definitely grind, but we have a lot of fun doing so. And my influences have been, um, you know, every one of my bosses uh, that have led up to this point, good and bad. And I've had a lot of bad bosses, but then yeah. I just put that into memory of what I've hated about them. And I won't do that to my team. So if I didn't like it done to me, which is something that I've seen a lot of leaders do is they hate things that have happened to them. And then they get in those positions and then they start to do them. And you're like, wait a minute, you didn't like that when you and I were peers. Now you're doing that same thing. So what I try to do is I try to catalog all the things I like about my current boss, all the things I don't like about my current boss. And when I get to that next level, I take what my boss did that I loved and I try to um, magnify that and amplify it. And then the things that I didn't like, I try to, uh, I fight like hell to make sure that they don't uh, end up in my organization. And that's really kind of the way that I've done it. It's been a process of, of, uh, of, uh, failure points throughout the throughout the time and I'm sure if you talk to some of the folks that worked for me when I first started and I even cringe thinking about it I was I was a bad boss um, you know there's no better way to put that than I just wasn't great at my job I, I was I didn't know what I was doing but those things sit with me as well so like I, I don't just look at my current bosses and say what do I like what don't I like I self-evaluate and I reflect uh, moments in time on what I'm doing and the things that I like and am I approaching my team the right way and I um, you know, I'm constantly searching for feedback, whether it be from peers, people on my team that will give it to me, um, or whoever will, you know, give give me real feedback. I don't want to just be told things are great, and then I'll go work on them. And I think if you have that, um, you know, desire for real feedback, people will give it to you. And then if you act on it, you'll continue to get it. And if you act on it, you'll continue to grow uh, and evolve and become a better leader. And and that's been my approach. And again, I started off in a spot where I'm not proud of, but I, I feel like I've gotten much more comfortable in my style and my approach and uh, connect pretty well with my team. Well, I think it's, it's, it's very evident and it's, it, it's a tough, it's a, it's a fine line to be the fun guy, the goofy guy, um, and to try to keep a stressful job, which I agree, it's way more stressful than, than uh, people uh, outside of the industry would probably understand uh but to be able to be that guy and then still command the respect uh that you do it's a it's a you know it's not an easy task and there's a very fine line there and you do a great job with it so uh thanks again very much for joining us um i think you know everything that that zach just um went over there is a, is a true indication as to uh why he is a leader in uh his market and why um i was itching to get him here on this podcast so uh, in general, Zach, thanks a lot for joining us. You know, anything that, that CSG can do, brother, you know, um, just give me a buzz. I'm going to bend over backwards um, to help. And you call me or text me and say, hey, this particular customer, uh, we need to expedite or something needs to be overnighted. You know, if it comes from you, I take it real seriously. 
um, and we'll make sure that uh, we take care of your customers and you guys stay safe out there. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate the partnership with CSG. We we didn't talk much about it, but you all have been uh, a, a huge asset, uh, partners like you, and getting some of these mobile devices out, mobile broadband. So we appreciate you and your crew working double, triple, quadruple time uh, in this situation as well. So thanks to, to, to you and your guys. We appreciate it. Thanks. All right, folks. Our guest today, really, really thrilled to have him on. It's a guy that, uh, as I've bopped around the country at Verizon, events and whatnot i've had the pleasure of listening to him speak and kind of intro different events multiple times I always thought he had a very commanding presence uh, and an excellent speaker and i knew that when we were gonna start doing this podcast that that he was a guest that i was gonna try to chase down he's been uh very gracious to join us today he's the executive director of business sales on the east coast he is mark tina mark how you doing sir I'm doing well, Michael, and thank you for having me on today. It's a privilege to have the opportunity to speak with all of you, and I hope you and your business and family are all doing well through the uh, times here. Yeah, absolutely. We are uh, surviving. Um, it's obviously a just a bizarre time to be alive and do anything and drive down the road and exist in any kind of state of normalcy, but uh, CSG has, uh, you know, uh, had to power through. Uh, we still have our staff, our production staff at least, the critical um, on-prem staff coming into CSG. We've kept everyone safe um, and been able to obviously ship a lot of orders for Verizon Wireless and uh, our, our mutual customers. So, um, but the family's good and I hope, um, you know, I hope you can say the same. Um, how, you know, just I, I, before we dive into business, give me an idea of, of, of your perspective on this entire thing from your neck of the woods up, up a little, uh, higher north than me and um, just how you and your family have been dealing with everything. Sure. So uh, in the New York area here, obviously, we've been hit the hardest by the pandemic, uh, certainly here in the States as well as international. Uh, and so the way I see it, it doesn't matter if you are a small business, a, a large business, an enterprise business, uh, entrepreneur, whatever, uh, this has taken its toll on you personally and professionally. Uh, to me, what's most important um, is that we all stay in support of one another and we raise our cause uh, to the good of all mankind. And while that should always be the intent, I think it's more important now than ever before uh, that we care for each other personally and professionally. Um, on the personal note, um, I'm, I've been uh, fortunate enough to work from home through the resources made available from Verizon. So I'm at home with my wife and, and two young boys, um, and we're blessed, uh, thankfully, with our health and the things that we have. Um, but really, Verizon has done a great job of enabling the workforce to work from home. Talk a little bit more about that as we segue into the business. But on the macro level uh, in the New York area, um, I, I was born and raised here, spent over 30 years here. I then relocated to other states with Verizon, and I've now been back in the New York area for the last three. And through all of that, obviously, I've never seen anything like this, from desolate streets to closed storefronts, et cetera. So um, my main interest is, of course, um, at what point will there be a return to, to normalcy? And when I say normalcy, what will that new norm look like? Uh, given what this unprecedented pandemic has caused for us. Yeah, absolutely. And before we dive into a little bit of that, I've, I've been loving asking individuals how they are handling working from home. I, I, I asked because, you know, 
really been a mixed bag for us at our our team. So, you know, some employees love it that have been you know tasked with working from home. They wish they could do it every day. Other employees, it's it's not their thing at all, and they're itching to get back into the office and be around individuals. And I've really noticed it can go either way. You know, it, it different personality types really thrive at this, or or maybe it's not quite up their alley. For you personally, you know, are you more of a go into the office guy, work from home or hotel guy, or um, you know, how's that experience been for you? Yeah, I'll tell you, Michael, I am absolutely 100% a field guy. And while I miss my family while I'm away, um, I truly thrive in that environment. Um, I believe people buy from people. Um, I believe relationships matter. And I thoroughly enjoy uh, being face-to-face -face with customers, partners like yourself. Prime example would be the last time I got to come visit you guys at your headquarters, which was very impressive. We really enjoyed that day. Uh, very, very impressive operation you Thank had you. there. Yep. To me, that was far more uh, enjoyable and meaningful than the way we're talking on the phone here today. Now, uh, look, that came with a lot of, like you said, uh, airline travel and hotels, which can get burdensome. However, still, that's my style. That's who I am. That's what I uh, thrive on and enjoy. Fast forward, though, um, I've actually... I would say adapted better than I thought I would. I mean, here we are heading into week six uh, of this situation, um, and I have found new ways to still connect with people um, and create meaningful activity each and every day. Um, I'll tell you, I alternate a little bit. I figured out how to raise my laptop and tablet so that I can stand uh, during the day. Right. I always try to get out you know, midday for a quick walk, get some fresh air. But I would say working from home is something you got to get used to, certainly for me. Um, I cannot wait to get back out into the field. However, what I've learned here is a skill set that I think I can take advantage of where, again, you can still be productive, you can still be effective as long as you have the right tools and resources, but you, you got to stay active. You cannot just sit in a chair in your house all day long, or at least I can't for that matter. Yeah, I feel you. I'm the same way. I, I you know, at one point when I was a remote worker, I, I, I thought I liked it for like two months and then the wall started closing in on me. I didn't feel like I was as effective, um, you know, so I, I ended up being the, the person that likes being in the office or in the field uh, much more than being at home. Uh, but, you know, some people thrive at it, can really lock in at another level without the distractions. And um, it's just interesting to see how each personality type kind of responds to that uh, change. Yes. Let's, let's dive into some business. I, you know, obviously, Mark, we, we're seeing a, a, a massive uptick in, in home health care. I'm sorry, well, home health care would be accurate, but home working in general. Um, you know, CSG and, and other partners and Verizon have been working together to provide a lot of work from home bundles, uh, hotspots and, and things like that. A lot of reactionary, uh, obviously, stuff to this, to this pandemic and the situation we're in. So, what I'd like to dive right into with you is, is kind of how we go about um, adjusting to the new normal that's going to exist after this and how we essentially make sure that these companies that we work with are, are better prepared uh, for any type of scenario where, um, you know, the, the normal is kind of um, uh, interrupted and you have to adjust and stay functional and be able to operate your business. So, as opposed to just lighting up all these lines that we're lighting up uh, for an, like a, a quick disaster emergency connectivity 
um, solution. How do we kind of uh, communicate to these customers and effectively sell to these customers that, that these type of solutions are things we need to look at long-term and we need to make sure that uh, your organization is protected going forward? Yeah, so great question. Um, and listen, I'll, I'll first of all start with CSG and the importance of partnerships during these times. I think that we realize, and I'm sure CSG realizes and, and many others, that this is not something you can go at alone. You have to have best-in-class, solid win-win relationships with strategic partners that matter. And the relationship that CSG has with Verizon is all of the above and then some. There, there's a mutual trust uh, and, and the, also a mutual mission in serving our customers. And the first thing I want to talk about is how a strong partnership like we have with CSG allows us to provide more robust, holistic solutions, whether it be on-demand custom or something that is kind of off the shelf that we've developed in the past. Um, and it just becomes critical and imperative that that's there versus, hey, we're going to go at this alone and we think we know everything. And so I'm a big proponent and believer of partnerships. And then if I build off of that, right, I think back in time, think about pre-COVID for decades, uh, Verizon has been working on business continuity, disaster recovery, continuity of operation, all of the different terms I'm saying are familiar to all in conjunction um, with CSG and obviously other partners because we know um, how critical it is. And unfortunately in our society, uh, COVID-19 is not the first disaster we've had to overcome. And unfortunately it probably won't be the last. And so I think what, if anything, this brings forward in a positive light is for companies and individuals alike, again, regardless of size, to realize having plans in place, it's not an option. It's literally a necessity. I mean, I would think that even banks that are going to give business loans in the future, I would want to know if I'm giving you a loan, what, what is your disaster recovery plan? What is your continuity of operation plan should something happen? So I think all of that's important. Um, I'd also add, yeah, I'd also add just real quick, um, Verizon as a company, we've learned a lot through this. Think about it. We have a uh, workforce of over 135,000 people of which 90 plus percent of that workforce is working from home. And we did so in very short order. In my own business market group, for example, 100% um, of the sales force uh, is working from home and was moved to home literally in a week. Some people within days uh, and some people where we had to you know, provide them with whether it be telesales gear uh, or routing gear or whatever equipment they needed for their home office. That took uh, you know, about a week. But still, since the fact that we placed such high emphasis on this over the years, we were able to mobilize and move into this work from home environment rather immediately. And to this day, well, we still have people on the front line that have to leave the home in order to keep our critical infrastructure and network services thriving for, for civilization. Uh, the majority are working from home. And so, as you can imagine, we're learning a lot from this. And I'd be willing to bet that CSG, yourself and your employees and your workforce, you're learning a lot from this. And I think when we take uh, in, in conclusion here in summation, when we take all of the planning and partnership we've done over the years, as well as what we're executing on today, and frankly, what we're learning through today, it's gonna to prepare us uh, for a brighter future, uh, and really, in my opinion, an easier path to market for some of those customers who might not 
uh, have placed in much, you know, placed much concern or need on the services that we're talking about here. Yeah, absolutely. It's very well stated. If, what have you seen so far in, in your markets, you know, that, that you can share relative to, um, you know, just is there an expectation that after this initial kind of, you know, maybe a bump that, that we saw in some data connectivity and whatnot, um, you know, are things supposed to level out at this point, uh, even with us trying to really hammer home these initiatives just due to the state of businesses not being open and operational? Um, you know, kind of what's a, as, as a sales leader, what's your, what's your expectation out of the next like 60 days? So the next 60 days, you know, I, we hear a lot internally and there's actually a public document um, that was published by Sandpath, our enterprise president and group leader, um, really about the recovery where when, you know, kind of phase one, when COVID hit, it was more of a reactionary time frame of, wow, what are we going to do? And what is this going to look like? Right. We moved beyond that, right, into into more of a recovery phase. But what his uh, publication speaks about, and really where we're headed, and to your point, for the next sixty days, it's more of like a reimagined state. So um, when people say when we get back to normal, I don't know that that normal will be what it was pre-COVID. And so we've got to reimagine what that future looks like. And let's face it it's digital. Um, I think that this accelerates the digital transformation, not 10x, like 100x. Things that we were thinking, yeah, that should happen. It'll probably be in five or 10 years from now, I think starts to happen like rather immediate within this year. And those businesses and those customers that adapt to the digital state uh, in many different capacities, by the way, whether it be a a point of sale ordering system or the ability to deliver telemedicine or uh, education, or I mean, I could go down the full gamut, manufacturing, really any uh, vertical, uh, if you will, is going to have to incorporate much more of a digital uh, footprint than what we had prior to COVID. So for the next 60 days, I think it's about staying in front of our customers from a supportive standpoint, much more than, hey, let's take you through our entire catalog of services and see what we can sell you. Let's support you with the critical infrastructure you need to get you through COVID. We want to be trusted advisors, true trusted advisors, people you can rely on and consult with so that you're gearing up to not only exist uh, during COVID, but to thrive thereafter and to have an aggressive exit strategy, one that you can hit the ground running with uh, and really be ready to kind of not only get back into momentum and growth, but to also regain and recoup uh, some of the potential losses that, that COVID has created. So again, I think it's already been, and I know this is crazy to say, you know, more than 30 days. And I think we're right around that midway mark. So you were point the next 60 moves more into that, reimagine what's possible, what are the tools that you need to continue to exist here? And again, uh, not to be repetitive, but how do you exit in an aggressive position of power uh, versus coming out flat-footed? And there is a whole host of technologies and solutions and uh, things that are coming about by way of thought leadership. And I'm gonna say what I've said a few times now, it's through partnerships like the one that Verizon has with your organization uh, that accelerate uh, these types of, of solutions. Yeah, that's again, that's that's very well stated. We we actually talked about something similar briefly at our daily uh, company wide meeting uh, today. Is that CSG's uh, lead volume? You know, for the last thirty days has been 
absolutely bonkers, right? Just a drastically higher percentage than we're used to seeing. And we've been, uh, it's been kind of a fire drill day in and day out, seven days a week we've been here. Uh, but then in the last few days, part of it is we're, we're our, our hotspot inventory isn't as robust as it was, but um, also just due to the, the climate kind of calming down a little bit, the lead volume has crept back to kind of a more uh, level uh, standard pace for us. And I, I kind of said the same to my sales guys um, that, you know, we really need to nurture the, the customers that we just, we just sent, you know, thousands of orders to. We need to make sure that they're supported, that they're taken care of, that they're not having any problems or issues with their devices, that there's anything we can do to help maintain um, while we continue to kind of exist in this. So um, we really tried to focus on, um, you know, making sure our guys understood that just because the, the lead volume is not quite as insane, we, we just serviced a lot of customers and we need to make sure that they're uh, well taken care of while we've got maybe a little bit of a breath. Um, so let me ask you about uh, verticals. Um, you know, what verticals have you guys seen that are, you know, still thriving uh, right now, or maybe even thriving more because of uh, an emergency response type scenario. Uh, and then what, you know, what verticals are from your, your seat or talking to your teams have, have really, um, you know, reached a kind of desperate state. Sure. So, uh, you know what, I'll, I'll start in our public sector vertical, right? Whether you want it there's, and remember there's several verticals within uh, the public sector segment, I'll refer to it as, uh, but when you think of the education vertical, um, there obviously is a tremendous need to deploy technology at just record-breaking pace so that the students across our country, and really the globe for that matter, um, continue, can continue to receive curriculum and education and materials in the home. Um, so whether that be a jetpack for a laptop to connect to or a tablet uh, to connect directly, um, or even, uh, you know, an improved uh, landline fiber connection to the home, whatever it may be, uh, in order to, again, enable that education that's so critical. Um, that is absolutely in very high demand. When you think of, obviously, first responders um, within that public sector uh, vertical, again, they are obviously in need of our connectivity more than ever uh, during these times. And our network is built for that through the priority and preemption services that we've enabled. Uh, but then also when you get into healthcare, right? And, and look, healthcare, whether it's within that public sector umbrella or even if I kind of segue into the private sector, private hospitals and institutions, that's another vertical uh, that is in extreme high demand for our connectivity services. Uh, whether it be telemedicine, I'll tell you some of the customer meetings I've attended could be just a doctor who owns his own practice uh, needing better conferencing services, needing better um, conferencing. So UCNC, uh, in order to stay connected to their patients and their clients, um, all the way up, obviously, to healthcare systems uh, that need connectivity and, and mobility access and improved infrastructure. Um, when you think about things like the USS Comfort, the ship uh, that sailed into the harbor there in New York City, uh, mm -hmm. Verizon was proud to quickly connect that ship with the services needed uh, in a large scale. So um, when you think of healthcare, whether it's public or private sector, um, again, in very high demand, but 
that lastly, I'll segue into really SMB, which is my current wheelhouse. And when I say SMB, that's small, medium business from, you know, one sole proprietorship all the way up to 999 employees. By the way, same can be said for the enterprise segment. Um, look, our services that we provide, that we partner with you for, we are critical infrastructure. Make no mistake about it. I mean, no doubt. just like you... Just like you need electricity and you need water, you need connectivity to your voice and data needs. We are the connection to the rest of the world. And so um, I would say those in highest demand to your exact question are those businesses that are still running, which are many. There's many essential businesses that are up and running, um, and that number continues to increase as more and more businesses return to work. Those are the ones that are really taking advantage of you know, one talk, voice over IP from Verizon, which certainly you're a great partner in that regard. Um, most recently, uh, we've announced our acquisition of BlueJeans to really help complete that total UCNC package. Um, and again, a lot of these small businesses are looking for ways to collaborate via video. Um, again, whether it's a small, tiny business or a mid-sized business. Um, so regardless of vertical, um, there's a lot of businesses that are still in play uh, as essential services. And then the last thing I would say, uh, Michael, is even the, the businesses that are kind of at a unfortunate moment of shutdown, we're still in contact with them as well about that future planning. Hey, you know what? Uh, you have some downtime. We know uh, that you'll be back at some point, and when you are, uh, you're busy as typical. So let's maybe use the downtime to again play, uh, plan for that reimagination of what your business needs to look like as we exit this. So um, really, we're we're active and fortunate to be active across all verticals. But to your point, some are definitely in, in more demand of our services than others. Yeah, no doubt. So um, we're running up against our, our time limit here. So I want to get one last um, one last sure. statement from you in general. S sum it up for me in the sense of, you know, you, you've got a, a stage in front of your entire sales org, um, you know, right as the dust kind of settles and we're, and we're close to opening, you know, back up, um, at least, you know, to some degree, what is your general message to the sales team after this entire COVID experience? If you had, you know, five minutes to, to just rally the troops and get everybody on the same page, give me a general idea what that would look like. Absolutely. Uh, the first thing I would do is I would say thank you for all of the work and the patience and the resiliency that the staff has shown throughout the COVID process. Let's face it, we were faced with an unprecedented challenge that I don't think anybody on the planet could have predicted, maybe Bill Gates, but uh, in all seriousness, uh, this was something that nobody saw coming. Um, and our response and our reaction and the tenacity that we worked with uh, is something that I'll never forget. Uh, it's one that exemplifies our credo. We run to a crisis and not away from it. And I will tell you that the work we have done has been meaningful. Uh, we were there for our customers. We've been there for each other. We were there with our key critical partners within our infrastructure. Um, we stayed close. Uh, and most importantly, we stayed safe and healthy through all of this so that we could be there for our customers. And I would continue to reiterate uh, the gratitude and appreciation that I have because it's genuine in the sense that folks are faced with fear and uncertainty and doubt during these times, and yet our strength and our faith prevail over all of that. 
Um, I would reiterate uh, some of the statements from our senior leaders, some of which I've just shared, um, and, and others as well, and how it's spot on it is, where the work we do is meaningful and it matters. We are a part of the critical infrastructure of society, as I said earlier, and with that, I want every one of you to understand that the future is bright. Across the globe, we have made it through very difficult times together, and we will make it through this just like anything else. We will stay together, we will stay healthy, we will stay well, and when we do come out of this, again, the future is bright. We will come out stronger than ever before. Our customers will understand that we were there for them during those difficult times, and that we will be there for them uh, for years and decades to come. We, we have come across as a trusted advisor during these trying times, and we will continue to be a trusted advisor down the road. I would urge people to get back out in front of those customers as customers see fit. So if it's still over video for a little bit, that's fine. Maybe you got to sit at the other end of the conference table um, in their office and no handshakes. That's fine as well. But look, let's get back to action. Let's get back to doing what we do. It's important that we're in front of our customers, we're in front of our partners, and that together um, we help society out of what was and really moving forward together, which is the purpose of Verizon, as we continue to leverage our uh, best-in-class network services. I would also get into the fact that let's not forget about 5G and the fact that we were first in the world to put 5G on the map we are, we are the most advanced in our deployment and our engineering and network teams have not stopped at all during COVID. If anything, we've accelerated our plans. We heard from Hans where we've invested even more money in our network infrastructure, not only to keep up with the heightened demand, but also to continue to accelerate our 5G and our MEC multi-edge compute uh, platform throughout all of this and know that that's gonna be there for us. That's why I keep saying the future is bright. We are coming back to take the field stronger than ever before with even more powerful technology, more partners behind us, uh, really the wind at our back at that point um, as we take the field to serve our customers. That's amazing. Um, we, we may have lost you for a split second there at the tail end, uh, but if, you know, either way, that was, there's a reason why Martina is uh, in the position that he's in, folks. If I, uh, you know, if the CSG thing doesn't work out, man, I'm going to be submitting an application because uh, I'm ready to go out there and, and sell right now. Um, really appreciate your time today, Mark. I know, obviously, you are completely underwater uh, with everything that's going on. I thought it was important to get um, an episode of this up in the middle of this um, so that everyone can kind of hear uh, CSG's perspective and how we're working close with Verizon to make these initiatives happen. And um, really appreciate you taking a, a few minutes out of your crazy day to, to hop on today. Yeah, not only would I say you're welcome, I want to thank you for having me on. Um, we've always had a great relationship. It's important to me. Um, and it just is proof, uh, literally in, in, in concept here, that what we do matters. And I just want to say I appreciate being on. It's been wonderful. Uh, if you need anything, uh, Michael, you know the deal. You keep... Uh, Keep my number handy. Always give me a call and my team will certainly continue to work closely with your team to provide these solutions. So thank you for what you're all doing at CSG. We appreciate you. Uh, stay healthy and be well. Mark, appreciate it very much, sir. Thank you very much. Take care. Take care. So let's kind of put a bow on everything, guys, and, and talk about, you know, how we're going to proceed going forward. 
And uh, James, I'll, I'll kind of start with you. Our, our lead volume, quite transparently, is starting to normalize a little bit, uh, whereas most of March and early April, it was you know still just an absurd amount of hotspot and MiFi opportunities. Uh, we expect that to continue for a while while the lockdown is 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 still happening. Um, but how, you know, where do we go from here? So I think first of all, we keep on trying to find the product that the customers want. We know that there's still going to be a demand for these MiFi's even after this calms down because people are going to be concerned with uh, what if there is a second wave? Uh, what if what if we need more of these down the road? I think you're going to see businesses contingency plans uh, become a lot more well-defined and part of that is going to be being able to quickly pivot to their employees working from home. So I think we're still going to see a demand for a lot of the devices we've been selling, Mike, and, and we've got to continue to procure them and, and put out good bundles uh, that Verizon customers are going to want. Um, we also need to go back to our core businesses, which you know we've been 90 plus percent uh, with these MiFi's and COVID related responses. Um, we need to go back to MDM and go back to some of these customers that have bought large quantities of devices, see if they need security solutions um, to help lock those devices down. Um, I'm just really excited about getting out of the weeds, getting back above the grass, so to speak, as I know you and John are, uh, and being able to to focus uh, on our business again and just continuing to grow and expand uh, in, instead of just having to be way down in the weeds every day, just processing this this huge influx of orders that we've had. John from the from the CTO seat. Well, forward looking, uh, there are, there are two main things that I'm seeing are going to be uh, the next wave of demand. Uh, the first, I think, is going to be a, a surge of more robust work-from-home solutions. Uh, we saw, I think, a lot of businesses that underestimated, as many people did, uh, the length of time that this uh, uh, COVID issue where people are going to be working from home would last. And also, uh, by being forced to have this experiment with uh, employees working from home, I think some of them are going to see the value in it, honestly. And some of the rapid solutions that businesses deployed where a low price point and a rapid deployment were the main factors they were concerned with. I think when they see that uh, uh, there's a need for a, a more robust solution that they'll, they'll circle back around and want to look at some higher end products that'll help the staff be more productive at home and not just limp through. The uh, second thing that we've been seeing a major surge in is around telehealth and not only telehealth, but uh, uh, remote patient monitoring uh, with a, a lot of folks uh, that are experiencing uh, symptoms or a diagnosis of COVID. Uh, they need to shelter in place at home and uh, also keep their primary care physician apprised of their conditions. Uh, so that's, of course, an obvious use case, but I think that that will uh, continue past uh, when COVID is behind us because I think it will reveal the value of that type of uh, uh, thinking uh, for remote patient care and telehealth. Uh, and once those solutions are deployed in the industry, I think it will create some momentum. And uh, I look forward to being a part of that, uh, not only from the technology side, but uh, because of the place that healthcare has in my heart, just from my past experiences. Well, guys, in, in general, we're awfully blessed to be one of the businesses that can help in this crisis. Um, a lot of, you know, personal friends, neighbors, have not been so fortunate to to see it you know essentially a spike in business um and i'm happy that we've put a focus in emergency response 
for some time uh, to be prepared for this with solutions that we can help Verizon bring to market and and uh, really have an impact on this type of uh, situation. So with that, I want to thank our guest who joined today. Uh, always love getting insight on the Verizon side. Uh, in the coming episodes, we'll bring in some more of the CSG sales reps and other personalities that work here. Uh, and if you guys have anybody that you would like to uh, hear on the podcast, or if you'd like to join yourself, drop me a line. Um, maybe we can find a way to squeeze you in. So for James Muncy and John Wiseman and myself, Mike Pittman, we really appreciate you guys taking the time to listen. We look forward to our next episode and uh, really excited to kind of keep this thing rolling. So everybody stay safe out there. Obviously, anything CSG can do to help, you should have my direct contact information. If you don't, um, reach out to us and we'll make sure to get it. Um, so we look forward to continuing to drive business as we move forward. Thank you.